on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Welcome to the first party, pal. Google announces new privacy-first features and updates for publishers. Microsoft Advertising has a new smart campaign that probably isn't very smart. Moving to the algorithm. The helpful content update has concluded, but something new is upon us. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock, just stay tuned Digital marketing news, but let's get specific Digital ads, SEO and analytics Social media and more Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform New shows every Friday We give you the news with sass and puns And definitely high takes Thank you for tuning in You know what time it is it's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AK Shop. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on Friday, September 16th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another fabulous episode. Happy birthday, Mom. Greg, what's new with you? Well, my kids apparently watched the Kid Bake Off great. British Kid Bake Off or something like that. Okay. And they started trying to like make food. And they're like, really want to make food and like experiment with food. But one thing they love is lemons. I don't know why. They'll eat a lemon plain. It's the most sour thing in the world. We're going to a party and they're like, let's make lemonade. So bought like a bunch of lemons, juiced them all. And I'm like, they got to make this so like other people can drink the lemonade, (laughs) not just you. And they keep telling me I can't put sugar in, I can't put water in. And I'm like, you have to, you have to. Nobody can drink what this concoction is you made. And I get to a point where it's like, it's still really gross. And I give it to my kids and they go, and this is the ringing endorsement where they made me stop. Their endorsement is, I think people can drink this. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right. And then I go to the party and I'm like, my kid said, that they think people can drink this, and that's what we have. So that was number one, and then we make pizza too as well. And so my daughter wanted to make not stuffed in the crust, but stuffed in the base. So she wanted two piece, two pizzas on top of each other. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what do you it's want? Brilliant. Like, cheese in the base. Pickles. Yeah! In the base. Yes! So that's what I did this weekend is I made lemonade that – I think people can drink, <laughs> not enjoy, drink, and then make pizza with pickle base crust. Did you eat the pe- pickle pizza? It was actually kind of good. The pickle pizza's bomb. I never like would have thought to put it in the in basement, there? though. kind of good. That's really fun. Did I you also... say the basement? Yeah. <laughs> I also think you did that because your like, critique of things, like I could see you saying it's undrinkable. It's drinkable. It's drinkable. <laughs> it's drink- did people <laughs> drink it? There are a lot of sour faces after it, but yeah, Good the, the kids liked it, Good but <laughs> the adults, not so much. <laughs> well, for me last week, I um, was on a call with our former co-host, now client, Mark Saltarelli, when I got the terrible news that Queen Elizabeth II had passed away. And I was like oddly really affected by it. I have like no skin in this game. I have nothing to do with Britain. Didn't see it coming, eh? (laughs) I knew it was going to come, but I was just sad. Like, she seems like a nice lady to me. And I have this like kind of grumpy grandpa. Get off my lawn. And the only thing we ever spawned over is like talking about like historical events or being patriotic or something or the train. And I was like, oh, grandpa, I'm so sad about the queen. 
He told me I should be ashamed <laughs> and that I'm a bad Irish person for mourning the queen. I, mm, you don't want to disappoint your grandpa, right? You call yeah, him grandpa. I call him grandpa. Wow. But I guess I really let him down by being sad about the queen. But like, I don't know if I'm as Irish as he wants me to be. So sorry. I hope you didn't tell him that. <laughs> Well, our thoughts are all with uh, Zim. Yeah, right I think he's taking the news really hard. <laughs> what about you, Jess? Uh, so I had the pleasure of attending for a few minutes a youth lacrosse tournament with Jill Fetcher, our CGO here at Cypress North, our agency and host of the Agency Scoop. Her daughter was playing at a college that's like five minutes from my house. So I took my son to hang out with her little kiddo and... We had the experience of a lifetime. We we're standing there on the field. It had been raining all day, so luckily she had an easy up over where we were standing. It was The field was right next to this athletic center, which when we pulled up, I noticed how many seagulls were on the roof. There was a point, kids. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. All of these seagulls took off in flight at once. I swear to God, it sounded like it was raining. They all pooped at the same time. And thankfully, we were under this thing, but people, humans got pooped pooped on and they were all at the same time like ah! I was handing out baby wipes left and right and it reminded me of the scene in the Flintstones if you guys remember that where the pterodactyl like poops on the town and it's a really what? big deal do you know what I'm talking about but I just it sounded like great I've never seen all these birds just they all like got up and pooped they just at the do same it in time unison? just in flight and it was like drip dropped it like I thought it was raining for a brief second it was the wildest experience of my life. I came away unscathed, but some folks were not so lucky, including Joel's husband. Oh, no. Now I have a... Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. He was under the tent, too. Where did it land? came through the side. It was on his <laughs> pants and his arm. <laughs> Felt bad laughing at him. Okay, well, now I have a new fear. <laughs> Mass. You're welcome. Seagull dumps. It rain. If you are a small or medium-sized business owner, you know the importance of email marketing, but you have so much going on and all the advanced tools and features that come along with those email marketing platforms can be tough to figure out. That's why we are so excited to be sponsored by Celzy again this week. Celzy is a no-code email marketing platform that makes creating, sending, and analyzing email campaigns as easy as one, two, Three, and they have an amazing offer going on over on AppSumo right now that you truly cannot afford to pass up. For just $49, you get lifetime access to Celzy, including all future Celzy plan updates. Just bud, you weren't here last week when we went through this offer. That is a one-time <laughs> payment of $49 for lifetime access. Isn't that unbelievable? It's usually $1,800. Yeah, I feel like... and. No matter what happens, the plan's updated. You get that's incredible, mm -hmm. incredible. I thought that's where the hook was going to be. In. There's no hook. There's no hook. The hook is the price. Just get it. Just amazing emails. Yeah, and it includes all of the Celsi features that we know and love, like 24/7 support, free templates with stickers and gifts and gifs, countdown timers, responsive sign-up forms, A/B testing, and so much more. So again, that is forty-nine dollars for life. Head over to selzy.marketingoclock.com or click the link in our description to learn more. That is S-E-L-Z-Y.marketingoclock.com or if it's easier for you, just click the link in our description. First in the news this week, the Google Helpful Content is now done rolling out and that came on September 9th. So you can go ahead and start checking your traffic on the 10th. And only for two days, though, because on the 12th, Google released the September 2022 core update. So you have two oh. days be 
in between updates here from when the helpful content update started rolling out and the September 2022 core update. Ooh, we should put that in for uh, Claxer. <laughs> That's a great name. For it's a great name. name. Yeah. So um, just pick your favorite month at this point and vote for it. <laughs> but apparently just the chatter is currently it's still rolling out usually these take about two weeks so consider it you know two weeks from the 12th um, but this seems to be a lot bigger than the helpful content update which seemed like that was going to be a pretty monumental change and as we talked about last week it didn't seem to be um, that much so a little bit of more information on this glenn gabe was talking about the new September update and said, and remember this tweet from Danny, now that the helpful content update is running, it can factor into broad core updates, product reviews, updates, etc. So maybe this core update is now just using the signal, something to think about. To which Danny said, not that directly. Point is our ranking systems use a variety of signals overall. As we said, and links to a thing, helpful content is weighted, so sites on the edge might not see issues. But if they have core update issues, the combo might be more significant. So if you've got content that would have been hit by the September 2022 core update and your content isn't helpful, you might be double dipping in the pain on this. Also, uh, I love what Barry Schwartz did over on Search Engine Roundtable. He made like a sports card for of all the information, like quick mm -hmm. facts. It's like... Google September 2022 Broadcore update quick facts. The name, launch, rollouts, target, penalty. And it just kind of lists everything out there. So if you want more information, Search Engine Roundtable is a great source there. And he also has a video uh, that comes out on Fridays. So don't miss that. Wait, what's that noise? It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. All right. And this week's Charts with Barry's Charts with Greg. <laughs> We've got three fantastic charts from the September 2022 core update. And we just didn't have these for the helpful content update, as you sure can didn't. see in a moment here, but they're back. And I just really want to start with cognitive SEO right now because August, a lot of green, you can see all that. And then September just starts turning red and yellow. And it's just a nice little welcome to fall. Oh, yeah. Cognitive yeah. SEO, really bringing in fall, kicking it off strong with us. Um, so that was our third place chart. Our second place chart is from Elgaroo. And Elgaroo, you couldn't tell anything happened. It's just business as usual. So if you were impacted by the September 2020 core update, just close your eyes, open Elgaroo, open them again, and you'll feel like everything's normal. So there you go. You just lie to yourself? Yeah, just lie to yourself. Yeah. Look at Algaroo. Like nothing happened. How do you get Show that to your boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the winner, not even close, Rank Ranger. If you look <laughs> at September in Rank Ranger, anybody can see that that is a hand making a metal sign. Oh, That's a metal sure sign is. hand there in September. And so Rank Ranger thinks that it's metal. And even like the I love sign a little bit there too, right? Because it's got know that the metal one. sign. Horns. Horns up. It's like horns, but it's also kind of like thumbs there. Yeah. Maybe it's I love you. Maybe it's I love metal. Who knows? I love SEO. They're just <laughs> Rank Ranger takes the win this week. Congrats. And that was Barry's Charts with Greg. Visual charts for an audio program. All right. And it's still pretty early here. We will keep you informed. Keep listening every week. And if you want real-time info about what is going on? There's two follows 
at Glengabe and at LilyRayNYC on Twitter. Go follow both. Microsoft Advertising has a newly redesigned smart campaign that lets you run ads on Microsoft, Google, Facebook, and Instagram all through the Microsoft interface. Uh, <laughs> I think we like heard about this coming. We've talked about it before, but now it's here. It's being tested. So this lets you run search ads in Microsoft and Google, run social ads on Facebook and Instagram, and then you can do organic content on social too. So you can publish content, like, and reply to comments on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So this is their quote about it. It says, from onboarding to optimizing your campaign, our support team is available through a prevalent chat experience across our site. And setting up ads is easier than ever with a simplified setup workflow. So Tatiana is going to be just like <laughs> hella busy <laughs> trying to help all these people set up their campaigns. And I'm sure they'll have like very limited features because it's quote smart. Um, it also says you can create your ads or have us generate options for your review. So if you don't want to make your own ads or decide what landing page people are going to, you can just let Microsoft go crazy. And then they say the best part is these tools are free to use. You only pay for your ad spend. You're going to pay a lot, though. <laughs> Probably. Tin hat. Yes. Cat. I would guess so, too. Um, this is available to some advertisers now, and Nicole Farley has a link in her Search Engine Land article about where you can sign up for the beta if you want to give this a try. I don't really think you should. Um, so they just keep preaching AI and machine learning this in this article from Microsoft, and it says, we also bring the power of Microsoft AI, which automatically optimizes your budgets and performance across all of these platforms. I have another prediction here that you're gonna be investing a lot specifically in Microsoft and maybe a little bit less in the other two. Why would you say that, Shep? It's just like a, a little inkling I'm having. <laughs> what if it just like spent all the money on Google? <laughs> I mean, that's, that would like, be like- you, you just get the person that made this tool is just gets fired. Like, you're out of here, so it's your tool, get out. I'm sorry, I like Microsoft a lot. I work in a lot of B2B accounts and I recommend it to people who aren't using it. I always want to test it. You can get a lot lower CPCs. A lot of people, surprising amount, are searching on Bing. It's always worth a shot. Their AI machine learning is not why I like them. Google is far and ahead more advanced. I do not use Broadmatch on Microsoft every time I test it, I'm sorry. I do not use Smart Bidding every time I test it, I'm sorry. I just don't think I trust this AI. Their their close match variant is matching is drunk. It's terrible. Yeah. So if anyone wants to try this and report back, I'm dying to hear how your experience is, but it's gonna be a no for me. Jess, what's up with you? <laughs> Google is giving publishers updated features and control of their first party data and how they can share it with their ad partners. This is from Nicole Farley at Search Engine Land. The gist of it, if you want my summary, is that you know your audience best and Google can make more money taking advantage of that. But um, if you want what Google said about it, they are introducing, this is a quote, publisher provided signals to help you categorize your first party data into consistent audience or contextual segments and then share these signals with programmatic buyers, end quote, outside of a direct reservation. So publishers can use the IAB's audience taxonomy and content taxonomy to share signals with Google Ads and Display and Video 360 as part of their initial beta testing. In the future, they're hoping to roll out publisher-provided signals to more publishers, authorized buyers, and open bidders. So that's what the new feature is. 
And uh, there is a lot more detail, obviously, if this is important to you in the article. Nicole also shares all of Google's formal uh, Google's formal announcement and the links to all of the related resources that they shared. So there's a lot more detail to what I just said, and you can read about it there. Google is also updating an existing feature that allows publishers to securely share signals with their trusted third-party buying partners, the authorized buyers and open bidders. They have a new expanded code that allows publishers to use their own website code, which makes it a lot easier um, to send data to their trusted partners rather than working with those third-party vendors for code setup. So that's great. And with secure signals, Google Ads Manager will act only as an intermediary on behalf of the publisher. So they're passing the signals back and forth, but they will not be able to read or use these signals. So basically a lot of privacy enhancements for your first-party data um, Definitely check it out, like I said, if this applies to you. In related news on the non-programmatic side, Lawrence Chassis tweeted an interesting finding this week. He says, new to me, looks like they improved how easy it is to access the different sources of data to keep your audiences updated. It's right in the audience creation process now, and they have more platforms, 100, than when I used it before. So it looks like he's setting up an audience that says select the type of customer data you'd like to upload. There's a new option, and we know it's new because it's got a little new tag that says upload customer data from data platforms. And then you can either search or select from the popular ones that they have there. They have HubSpot, MailChimp, Google Sheets, Salesforce, and 100 more. So looks easy and certainly nice to have, but a lot of folks were commenting about Google just being data hungry. Yeah, they want your data. <clears throat> they just want your data. So I, it just goes to show folks have gone sour. Nobody thinks anything Google's doing is for the greater good, but if it makes your life easier, I guess just use with caution. But And be careful. We talked about this last week where the analytics data that was being used to make audiences under the CCPA mm -hmm. technically could constitute a sale of that information because it's being used for the greater good. So while Google wants all your information, it doesn't mean you should just give it. And you should absolutely, if you're an agency, get consent. Um, and if you're in-house, you should get authorization too so that it doesn't come back to bite you specifically. For sure. So be careful out there. All right, next up. Fairly big news here, Search Console Merchant Listing Report. This is from Google. They're expanding the eligibility with product structure data. And what this means is from for a long time, essentially, to get into shopping on Google, you needed a product feed, which is great. It's also a little bit cumbersome sometimes for smaller folks to create feeds and all the hygiene included with that. Um, but now, if you have product structure data on your site, you will be eligible for Google Shopping. You can get into shopping mm. now without a feed, which That's is nice. pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and you'll be able to get information out of this from Search Console. There's a few new reports here. There's a new merchant listing reports where you can see any data issues for the free listing experiences in search results. Um, uh, relevant for pages that sell products. I don't know exactly what that means. And then a whole bunch of uh, the properties and the schema properties uh, that are used by each product type. So it's sort of the new merchant listings report. And then you can get into the product snippets report right in Search Console that will identify the um, issues for each product and then um, just more information on, on products specifically. So you get your store and then your products. And again, the big news here is if you have the correct markup, if you don't have a feed, let's say you're a really small publisher, you still want to sell products, you still want to get into Google Shopping, you just don't have the capacity, 
hopefully most everybody should be able to figure out some of that structured data to get it in there. So I love this and hopefully you see more products and Google Shopping becomes more used and then they do, the ads work better for shopping ads. So um, I dig it and looking forward to seeing it. We have a heavy news week here, but one last piece of main news before the lightning round. This is from Kasim Oslam at Kasim Oslam on Twitter. And this was also um, pointed out to us in our Discord community from Christina. You can join us there at community.marketingoclock.com to get more important tips like this. Um, but they got an email from Google Ads and it says starting October 1st, we will begin customizing descriptions and other assets within your ad when they're predicted to improve your campaign performance. This will only impact your campaigns when final URL expansion is turned on. And it says you can read more about this from a Help Center article. Um, so this is pretty big news if you're not familiar with final URL expansion. If you have it turned on, Traffic from Performance Max can go to any page on your site, but if you're opted out of it, you can put in a URL and the traffic will only go there. So now if you have this final URL expansion turned on, it's also giving them the option to change your descriptions, which I hope they'll give you like a disclaimer in the platform about that. But I think this is interesting because creative and copy is like one of the few things you had control over in PMAX. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like maybe they're like slowly taking it away from our cold dead hands and maybe we'll just have nothing and we'll just put in a url one day but um for now we have the option to opt in or out so something to be aware of if you don't want them to change your description make sure you are not opted in to final url expansion now it's time for this week's take of the week this is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you we simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from Andrew Lolk at Andrew Lolk on Twitter. And Andrew says, I will die on the hill that branded keywords should be run manually. Here is a great example. Yesterday, this branded campaign maxed budget between 8 and 9 p.m. despite a steady four dollar CPC all day, it suddenly jumped to $20 per click in the last hour. And you can see this chart up on screen. If you're watching on YouTube, please go subscribe, Marketing Clock on YouTube. And I'm with Andrew on this. I'm guessing the example that he used is some sort of, of either maximize clicks or maximize conversions. Mm -hmm. um, and when you use those two bid types, you are literally telling it to maximize Clicks or conversions. So it'll pay whatever it can to get any incremental clicks on there. So it's the end of the day. It thinks it can beat something else out. All of a sudden that CPC goes from four to 20. You told it to do that. That's you that told it to do that. And for branded, this is where like performance max, you can see how much money Google is going to make off of this because there's going to be branded terms mixed in. There's going to be remarketing mixed in. There's a lot that could go wrong with it. And it seems like most of the folks agreed. Uh, Menachem Ani, who's been on the show before, said, for me, it's a toss-up between manual CPC and target impression share. What are your thoughts on target impression share brand? And then he said, max conversions of value never really work because the system's always trying to figure out that extra conversion, like I just said. And then Tim Jensen, at Timothy J. Jensen, power listener 
of the show said, I've seen target impression share work okay in these situations as long as you also add a CPC bid limit, which is great advice from Tim. Thank you for that. Um, and then also there was another response that I thought was great. I'm pulling it up here. Um, I'm not sure the unit of currency here, but it was from Google Ads at Christina HP underscore FR. And she said, here's an example. I have more than 95% of impression rate and CTR of over 65%. The cost per conversion is only 0.5 cents. The estimated cost per conversion from Google to run in smart bidding is around 7 CHF per conversion. So um, just don't do smart bidding because the, the name smart is in there. Look at what works, experiment, and make sure you're not spending aggressively, especially at the end of the day. Thank you, Andrew. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from Kevin Webster C137 at Kevin underscore pondering. He says, said it before, we'll say it again. There's a marked difference between abandoned cart and abandoned checkout. Fix your automations to deal with them differently. Can we get snaps? Yes. <laughs> abandoned cart is me saving things for later and probably never coming back. And abandoned checkout is me thinking my credit card is like saved to my browser, but forgetting that I'm like actually in the Facebook app. <laughs> so, and I'd have to get up off the couch to find it. So big difference there. Thank you, Selzy, for sponsoring today's show. Selzy is the easiest way to start selling with emails. Their no-code email builder allows you to drag and drop to create an email from scratch or choose from 100 plus beautiful stunning templates. What I love about the templates is that they have one for any business goal or vertical. They have templates for tourism, hotels, e-commerce, restaurants. Then they have them for like fun events. They have like Valentine's Day templates, Mother's Day templates. There's no occasion without a template. From there, you can create the vibe, they say on the website, which I love that verbiage, with 800,000 plus free stickers, Greg loves the stickers, gifts and stock images, all without leaving the editor. And it's actually like Giphy is the GIF tool. So you have access That's to everything. Legit. Yeah. Um, you can also add customizable countdown timers for your limited time offers. That is a super easy to use feature to create some urgency with your emails. Um, and you can create and save email blocks to reuse them later. It is so easy and signing up for Celsi will be the easiest decision you'll ever make because they have such a good offer going on over on AppSumo right now. Find out how you can claim a lifetime membership of Celsi and access all of these amazing features at celsi.marketingoclock.com or just click the link in the description of this episode. That is S-E-L-Z-Y dot marketingoclock.com or the link in this episode description to claim your $49 lifetime membership. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew, lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Google Ads scripts will now support performance max campaigns. So you owe this big new for you. <laughs> Just fun, I'm so happy I could make your day. I just can't believe it took this long. I know. I know. You can. They had to make sure you next, couldn't do right? too much with it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I understand why they rolled J four out so fast, being such a bad product. 
right? Like I get it. They had to for privacy. I don't know why they pushed Performance Max out so fast where it wouldn't pull in a data studio. You couldn't hook into it via API and you couldn't even control it via scripts. Like why didn't you solve all these problems first? Because they don't. <laughs> it's called freaking Max performance and you couldn't do anything with it. Well, you can minimize performance if you try to control it. <laughs> you can get spammy performance min if you don't do it the right way. <laughs> That's the next That's sticker. That's the next sticker. P men. My contribution for the week. Thank See you, you later. Uh, so this does let you perform common operations like pausing and enabling, as well as selecting and modifying most asset types and asset groups. You can modify text assets but you cannot create new campaigns or asset groups through scripts. Um, retail campaigns are supported only in a limited fashion through the scripts performance max support. So if that's you using former smart shopping campaigns, just be careful. Next up here, Google Ads now has these like bundled recommendations. <laughs> I don't really understand. Um, so they have this new manage tab that's supposed to give you more control over how recommendations are applied. And basically they have everything grouped into two categories. So it's either maintain your ads or grow your business. I won't be using either, <laughs> but I think you can like bulk select and uh, auto apply all at once or something. Oh, hooray. <laughs> The word bundle in performance advertising is just really fun. <laughs> we have another big Microsoft announcement here. They have this article about multimedia ads, but it's really confusing because at first they're just talking about organic SERP features. And, you know, I haven't been poking around in Bing in a while. It's looking pretty slick. So when you search for like a celebrity, first of all, their head is like popping out. Like they have this picture of Jennifer Aniston. It's like she's really there on your search engine <laughs> results page, like hanging out. Um, and Queen Elizabeth has like a quick history of her life under the Wikipedia snippet. And then athletes have like career highlights pulling into the SERPs. And then they have these celebrities with these really, really insightful quotes. So we're just going to do a quick three question quiz here. Mm. Who said this quote and why is it in their Bing profile? I'm not going to do the same tired standard. I was born in a log cabin kind of book. There's so much more I want to do. This has to be Royals related? No, it's any celebrity. Can you say that again? I'm not going to do the same tired standard I was born in a log cabin kind of book. There's so much more I want to do. I have a guess. Yeah. No. Rob. Kim Kardashian. Incorrect. I always forget her name, but I love her so much. It's not Jennifer Aniston, not Jennifer Hudson. No, I really see You're Jennifer one. Lawrence. No, it's Corey Taylor. A scary man from a scary man. I've read all of his books. <laughs> These quotes are so random. Okay, here's I'm the next one. I'm so proud one. of him for making the show. Good job, Corey. How about this one? I have a love-hate relationship with the city of New Orleans, which is the strongest kind of relationship. Jess. Brett Michaels. Corey Taylor. <laughs> no. Nicholas Cage. Oh. You, these are all my favorite celebs. That's the theme, Greg. Choose wisely. Okay. Hair loss is God's way of telling me I'm human. Michael Chiklis. <laughs> Who is she? Bruce Willis. Yes. Yes. Winner. See, I told you there's a theme. So anyway, if you want to see stuff like that, <laughs> check out Bing. I was really enjoying it. I got to say the, the um, knowledge panels that are like yeah. infographics is really nice. It was really nice. 
Okay, but the point of this article below all of that was multimedia ads are now generally available. <laughs> um, you can now serve multimedia ads on the Microsoft Search Network and the Microsoft Audience Network. This responsive ad format uses Microsoft's machine learning to combine images, headlines, and descriptions to create relevant high-impact visual ads. So they're trying to make the connection here that like a lot is happening, happening visually in their search experience and you can have images in your ads. Um, they don't talk about how you have to bid up a minimum of 40% on your multimedia ads and you can't opt out of them. But I guess that's just water under the bridge. Isn't it 20? Oh, sorry. Default bid is 40. You have to bid at least 20% higher than your manual CPC bid. Do you think Nicolas Cage improves click-through rate? <laughs> Test it. Do you think he's bought any more dinosaurs lately? Do you remember that? No. He's like buying like T-Rex heads. That's kind of awesome. He bought like a castle and went bankrupt, right? Yeah. Mm. PPC Greg is reminding us about action extensions in Microsoft advertising. These basically add a CPA, a CTA to your ad so someone can click on it and instantly learn more, whatever action you want them to take. Um, he heard from a rep. They said, quote, we typically see an average of 20% increase on click-through rate. These are cool, um, but you have to choose from like a canned list of options. So just take a look and see if any of them work for you. That's a big in. Um Big increase. But I do like your initial idea of like you get a CPA, like somebody comes on and just like it's got like some little nerd glasses like me and it's like a little pocket protector. That'd be really nice. Yeah. Click here. Google is being sued in the UK and Netherlands where two suits have been announced seeking damages on behalf of publishers who claim they have been harmed by anti-competitive ad tech practices. What else is new? There's a great article in TechCrunch if you want to learn more. This article from Marketing Brew says podcast companies have been inking deals with brand safety partners in droves, basically to try to make podcasts more appetizing for highly regulated industries. I can't read my own notes today. <laughs> um, so they have a couple of examples of like big podcast networks and partnerships they're making. So this a cast network is working with Comscore's brand safety team, and it's using like AI and machine learning to listen to the episode and rate it based on brand safety standards. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And yeah, we're then, pretty brand safe, except for your potty mouth. Me? Shop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're always swearing over there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cut it out so we can get in with uh, get in with the IAB here. Sure, I have a potty mouth. Reminder to cut Jess's SHI <laughs> from earlier in the episode. I'll put okay. it in the notes. Now you got to cut that table. Oh, yeah, she, she spelled, spelled it. Oh, <gasps> See? See what we got to deal right? with here? Is this the woman is just, hide your children. So y'all need to hide your kids. Yes, I don't know how we do it some days. You know, it's really tough, but we're here together. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> E-commerce brands spent 60% more on TikTok ads in Q2. Another fun fact, in the first two quarters of this year, retailers spent a total of $48.4 million on TikTok ads, which is a 231% increase over the previous six months. Or you can just do it organically and sell wigs on a live stream. But if you want to learn more about this, Nicole Farley has a great article on Search Engine Land. This article from Giz China says that YouTube is testing more non-skippable ads. So there's a bunch of people on Twitter that are saying that YouTube just gave them five unskippable ads in a row. I didn't see anyone talking about how long they are, but that is super annoying. The max I've ever seen is two, so that's kind of a big change. I also don't know. I don't trust Giz China. Yeah. Which their tagline for the record is 
Chinese gadget reviews. So that's where we're getting the source from. I don't, I would imagine there's a good chance this is a bug, not a test, to be fair. Yeah. And just a pretty cute fact on the same note, Greg, uh, plug your ears because you're going to judge my parenting. But when we're watching Miss Rachel on YouTube and an ad comes on, my daughter goes, oh, no. <gasps> so does Jack. Yeah. Why am I judging you for an ad? What's Miss Rachel? Screen. Yeah. She's actually like so educational and really helps her learn her words. They like She zooms in on her mouth and like says the words. Oh. She's a nice should do that when you're you watching, swear. You're watching that with your kid? Yeah, we not? like sings the songs together. Wait, what? Oh, because I can't talk? <laughs> yeah, I should use Miss Rachel more. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shep. It's okay, I do it to myself. Aquila DeFazio at Aquila DeFazio on Twitter has another great meta advertising tip for us this week. She says, if you're working with brands where parents are your target audience, maybe you're Miss Rachel advertising your hit YouTube programming. Um, instead of targeting parents by demo and meta ads, try childcare and Montessori by interests. Those have been significantly mm. outperforming parents across all brands where we appeal to parents and kids. That's a hot tip. Mm -hmm. We could apply that logic elsewhere too. I love that. Dario Zanoni played with Meta Advantage Plus campaigns this week and he's sharing some of his thoughts. So he says the preset settings for Meta Advantage Plus are quite standard in his opinion. Um, meta targeting all of the placements. Audience targeting is also completely automatic. These settings cannot be changed. The only control available is target country. Upside down smiley face from me, Shep, not Dario. <laughs> um, reporting for new and returning customers is new to meta ads and is very welcome. According to Dario, he says you can define your existing customers from the account settings page by selecting the audience you want. This is, in his opinion, similar to Performance Max. Um, he has a lot of great insights in a whole thread. So check out his Twitter. It is at Dario Zanoni if you want to read more about Meta Advantage Plus. Okay, Roblox has a new ad platform. Apparently, there are a lot of marketers out there who want to run ads in the metaverse, and this is like a good fit for them. Um, it says immersive ad formats such as three-dimensional digital billboards, in-game portals. Portals. <laughs> that let users jump from one experience to another, and eventually video ads are coming. It's just kind of weird because the target demo is all kids. I don't know. <laughs> My cousin James playing Roblox. But go Shout crazy. Out James. <laughs> um, and finally here, YouTube now allows sport betting ads on masthead ads. And Greg Finn has just been waiting for this moment. He has yep, a piece we've of got paper. The Greg six pack. We went five and one last week, as y'all heard. This week we've got the Lions minus 1.5 points, the Dolphins plus three and a half. Falcons plus 10.5, the Colts Jags under 47, Falcons Rams over 47, and then the Seahawks plus 9.5. Okay, tables, your response. Bills minus 9.5. It's not 9.5, it's 10. It's 10 now? Yep. I'm taking it. I don't know. What? <laughs> That's not part of my six pack, so there you go. I don't, I don't have a six pack, pack off the top of my head. <laughs> That's the only one I know. I always do. Do you think there's going to be a rollback of all this, like, I said rollback, <laughs> a rollback of all this like sports betting stuff. I think there is. No, I it's here I to stay. I find it to be jarring seeing it on TV. Like I, not like people are going to stop betting on sports. I just think it being allowed in ads is going to be undone. I, but money, Shep. There's all these like very normal people that you would never know are just like betting all the time. What do you think the stock market is? I know, but. You ever been to a casino? Whatever, just a prediction. I think we got a couple years and sports betting ads are going to be canceled. Well, 
There's no way. I'm just trying it's to make y'all millionaires, all right? <laughs> Greg, do you have organic news for us? I do. So first up from search engine land, Google is prohibiting the incentivization, if that's a word, or allowing people to incentivize customers to remove or modify negative reviews. So in the new guidelines, they say content that has been incentivized by a business in exchange for discounts, free goods, and or services. This includes merchant requests for the revision or removal of a negative review through offered discounts, free goods or services, or other incentives. So you can be penalized if you try to have a bad review removed. What I'm telling you right now, don't listen to this advice. Don't try to run your business poorly because Google wants you to. If somebody came to your restaurant and said, I had a really bad experience, my food was cold, and my, my son, I, you ruined my, my anniversary, like it was a really bad experience, don't just let that sit there. Hey, you got a bad customer. They're not going to come back. Contact that person and say, hey, I'd love to make it up to you. Contact me here. You don't have to say, I'm forcing you to remove this. But you shouldn't not try to give somebody a better experience when they're a sad customer. Google doesn't know how to do customer service well, though. No This advice heck. is coming from... This, though, is so against... It's just against business. It's it's the thing that I don't understand. It's like you pay for a link if you want to, if it's going to get you business, 100%. Pay for it, whatever. Try to get the sponsor on there. If you can't get sponsored or you can't get uh, a no follow on there some way or shape or form, and it's going to cause you to lose money not to buy the link, no, go buy that link. It doesn't matter. You should do what's good for your business, not what Google cares about for something. In this case, don't just sit out there and say, oh, this person had a bad time. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Better luck next time. No. No, you should try to make it right because it's the correct thing to freaking do. I'm very sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you, can't, you can't just take this advice and do and ruin your business because Can we of it. review Google's recommendations? Do they have a Google business? Maybe they'll profile? give us something free to take it down. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, you should if so, you should uh, if somebody has a bad experience, offer to make it up to them. Sorry. Offer to. You hacked up. Don't just leave it on them and say, "Oh, Google said I can't fix I can't fix your problem." <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. All right. Google is testing the site name at the top of the mobile search result snippets, according to Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on Twitter. And this comes from Cindy Crum at Sussex Suzu Kick. I never know how to say that name, her Twitter handle, but Cindy Crum, former guest on the show here at Marketing Clock. I actually dig this. Instead of showing just the URL, you can see the name of the site so that if that favicon isn't that distinguishable, you can actually kind of see what's happening. 
And from Brody Clark at Brody SEO, the Australian Russell Westbrook, he says, tempted to keep this to myself, but that's no fun. Google just added an amazing new feature to their documentation that allows you to receive notifications when changes are made. Have a bunch to my developer profile and a collection, eager to get my first notification. So if you're like Brody and you just cannot wait to see when the Google search ranking updates has been updated, there's now that cool notification button. So go crazy. All right, Jessica Lee Budd, earmuffs, please. Oh, no. This is a thread that should be read by <laughs> Leah Nyland. Season desist. From I'm listening. Bloomberg. And I just really like kind of her entire attitude towards this where she says, I spent six plus hours listening to this, so you don't have to. And it talks about Google paying enormous sums to maintain search engine dominance. And she covers in a great thread and an article over on Bloomberg about everything you need to know. A couple interesting things. She's like, today only three search engines actually crawl and index the web themselves. Google, Microsoft, Newcomer Brave. Everyone else syndicates their data from Google or Microsoft. Goes through a whole bunch of other things about Apple, kind of moving the default to Apple Maps and just apologizing. And now Apple Maps is a thing. Very, very, very interesting thread. And you don't have to read the entire DOJ um, documentation on that. So thank you, Leah. All right, from YouTube creators, there we talked about this before, there's search insights that's gonna show what viewers are searching for, but now they're adding something called watch activity for a topic. So if you're on YouTube, you can now see some specific terms or topics, I guess, where like an example they had was the content gap was for unboxing iPhone 12, the best gadget flagship. And they can see that iPhone 12 is four out of five bars and gadgets has four out of five bars. So it's a way to try to see what secondary terms or, you know, kind of clustered content has more volume over less volume. All right. And last up here, and why is this news news from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable? Google! We'll never penalize you for not having H1 attributes. <laughs> Duh. John Mueller confirmed it on Reddit, but apparently people are very concerned that you'll be penalized for not having a proper H1 tag. Worry about the content that you're providing, folks. And that's it in organic. What's happening in social, bud? All right. First up in social this week, at Twitter Blue has a tweet. It says, listen up, podcasts are coming to Twitter, now available in Twitter Blue Labs. Members on iOS get early access to try the redesigned Twitter Spaces tab, which includes podcasts, themed audio stations, and live and recorded spaces. Android coming soon, whispered in parentheses. So according to TechCrunch, just a little more detail on what that redesigned tab is. Uh, personalized hub, basically, for users. I love the stations thing that groups content together based on different topics, news, music, sports, and more. It just reminds me of terrestrial radio. I'm here for it. All right. The Zuck announced on Tuesday that community chats are coming to Messenger and Facebook groups. This feature allows large Messenger groups to organize chats into categories, including audio and video channels for real-time discussion, admin-only chats for announcements and event chats. It's kind of like Discord. The example in this article from TechCrunch says, if you're a woman who loves to catch some waves, you might join women who surf. And then they show a mock-up image. If you guys look at this, I, I think it should be women who surf naked. They did not put clothes on these women that are all just holding a surf and power to them. But I don't know if that was intentional. <laughs> there are no clothes on any of these women surf i feel like that's why you wear a wetsuit is to protect your skin maybe right. they're flesh-colored wetsuits oh, we yeah. will go 
with that, Shep, because there are bigger problems over at Meta. <laughs> it turns out that Reels are nowhere near the TikTok rival that they're pretending it is. According to some internal documents that were reviewed by the Wall Street Journal, Instagram users cumulatively are spending 17.6 million hours a day watching Reels, which sounds like a lot, but that is one-tenth of the 197.8 million hours TikTok users spend each day on the platform. So the document basically said that Reels engagement has been falling um, pretty significantly and that, quote, most Reels users have no engagement whatsoever, end quote. That's depressing. There's apparently a lack of content. There's a lot of creators on the platform, but they're not necessarily posting. Despite all of this, Meta spokeswoman Debbie Narasimhan said, we still have work to do, but creators and businesses are seeing promising results and our monetization growth is faster than we expected as more people are watching, creating, connecting through Reels than ever before. I don't believe that. They just said engagement was down. We can always improve, but I we need to stop waiting for this to catch on and just pivot. Like it's not working. They're trying really hard. They're trying really hard, and they're treating us like the ducks bound for foie gras. What? They are force fed, force fed until they die. That's us, Instagram users. You didn't know that. Why do you have to give me these vegetarian facts? I'm just all about the birds today. (laughs) Do you know that you should never get foie gras at the restaurant? Of course not. Should get it delivered. Do they not have livers? Jess is offended. You went too. You went too far. (laughs) They just they feed them so their liver gets really fatty, so you eat it. I wouldn't do that. Just so you know, I wouldn't eat veal either. And it's not just because I don't eat any beef. (laughs) You don't eat beef either. No. What do you eat? Chicken. Crab cakes, Dude. lobster tails, <laughs> fancy lady. Okay, unrelated to Shep's diet, but related to the previous story, Alessandro Paluzzi spotted this week that Instagram is working on the ability to quickly share a story as a reel. So again, we're all just people. We're sheep, now we're ducks. In other news, Meta is merging their content moderation teams for ads and user posts. This is according to Axios. Oh, in the name of efficiency. Sounds like no jobs are being lost, so that is great. The article also says that Meta will combine its customer support efforts, quote, so that everyday users and businesses receive the same treatment. So everyone's going to get treated like shit, ladies and gentlemen. And finally here, for what it's worth, Twitter's shareholders this week voted to accept the $44 billion offer for Mr. Elon Musk to buy the platform. This is a key step in moving forward with the deal that he is still trying to get out of, um, yeah, I. What is he going to do at this point if it goes through and he like doesn't want? I mean, he's not going to make it. Both. He's not going to pay for it. He's going to take whatever fine and be done. Okay. Yeah, they. He, he's he he never wanted to buy it, yeah. and then recession. He's not going to buy it for that. There's no chance. No They're chance. just like proceeding as if all this other gobbledygook isn't happening. Yeah. over here. There's no chance. There's no chance he's going to buy it for that where it was pre-recession. You no got to feel bad for the lawyers. You gotta feel. I mean, they're they're make yeah, they're the ones right. making money. They get paid by the hour. Yeah, that's but. true. Yeah, I don't know. It's still nowhere near the end of the saga, but it's the end of the social news. So let's just be done with that. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. 
I have a tip if you are ever training anyone in Google Ads and you have to check their work. If you download recent changes in editor right, right before they have to do whatever they have to do and then they do it and then you download again, it like will highlight the colors wherever the changes were made. So it's a nice quick way to like navigate through and make sure everything's in the right spot. So I'm sure most good agencies out there do this, but when we're reporting, we're like separating branded from like non-branded, especially some people are gluttons for spending money on brand. It's few and far between. But I think that's something really important when you're talking about where that spend goes. You've seen accounts where like the majority of the spend is in branded campaigns and people are saying that accounts are working really well. And it's like, look, technically the truth, but like you might get these folks anyway. Yeah, you might not get them, but they're looking for you. I want to know about people not looking for you. I want to know about things that scale. So I think a really good way to look at your account if you're running it is like, what percentage is scalable traffic people not looking for me or like even competitors sometimes we'll break that out um, and then what is like the branded spend and how do we almost maximize the efficiency of it with minimizing the spend of that like we don't want to spend more on branded and so I think showing that each week will help you be better and help you get more um, because because it's a necessary evil, obviously, to show mm -hmm. for branded, but it might help you get more budget to spend on that scalable traffic that can actually move the needle. And then later down the road, they might come back as a branded search now that they know you. For me, we are looking into this week Cura ads for a client. We want to test them. And they had a lot of really specific questions, which I was trying to answer. And they made it so easy. They have an amazing resources section on their site. The only annoying thing is it's all PDFs, so you have to open things in a new tab and refer to them, whatever. But it is so handy. You could just pass a link off to someone with a question or just a great like 101 for yourself if you've never used the platform. So thumbs up. Thanks for making it easy, Kiora. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool comes from a tweet you shouldn't eat. Did I use that right? All right, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Hello, fellow kids. This one's from Robin Lord, at RobinLord8 on Twitter, which is a very low number, so I'm inclined to believe that one through seven were actually taken. Robin says, have you been working in GA4 and noticed that you're having to manually create a bunch of reports? Yes, Robin, we have. We noticed that too and realized that JavaScript could do it for us. We made something to help. And that something is a code that you can save and run whenever you want. It's a bookmarklet. He described it as a light version of a Chrome extension. It will help you automate landing page report creation in GA4. Robin's thread links to the code that you need as well as instructions for how to use it. So please do not miss this if you want to create reports quickly that you might be used to seeing. Robin, anyway. doing the Lord's work. Hey, aptly named. We haven't said that in a while. <laughs> so please do not miss this. It's really handy and easy to use. As always, we'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from the one, the only, PPC Kirk, at PPC Kirk on Twitter. There's an article PPC Kirk wrote on Search Engine Land called, It's Time to Defrenzy PPC. The byline is, 
PPC work doesn't have to mean late night, last minute, urgent client requests. Learn the seven causes of PPC frenzy and how to avoid them. Now, I touched on this on the book that we used to have here. We read the book reading um, about scale that he has about his company. So I think that was something, you, if you like this, you should check out his book over on Amazon. But he goes through seven different elements that can help you make your life less hectic if you're in PPC. Talks about things like mistakes, poor planning, disorganization, unrealistic expectations, and a whole bunch more. Um, so good, so much that Julie Bacini at PPC Chat, or sorry, at Neptune Moon, who runs hashtag PPC Chat, had this whole week's um, chat about this and the Thursday spaces about this as well. So if you missed that, check out Anu's um, PPC Chat Roundup podcast. And don't miss this over on Search Engine Land. Thank you at PPC Kirk. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com to check out Marketing a Playlist. Greg Finn, are you ready to share your song? I am not because I want to know. We had a bet last time. Oh, last right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I asked everybody to listen to the song. If one person didn't like it, I'll be singing the theme song next week. And you have to be truthful. So just your thought. I liked it. it. My comment to Greg in the moment was, this is like ACDC, but better. Yeah. I would say, um, like or dislike, I would have to say like. Have I gone back this week to listen to it? No. But you liked it. Yep. Did Tables have to give a rating too? Yep, Tables, you got to give I a rating. I listened to it twice. I liked it. Yes! Twice! No singing this Maybe week. Maybe I just don't want to hear you sing. What's <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my song this week Edge of Darkness by Greta Van Fleet. Ooh. I don't know what that is. It just came across my Spotify. What a choice for you. Is it what is it? I don't know. I think you they're a newer band than we No, think. I heard it. Oh. I don't know. I don't know the band. I just heard this one song. They're like a folkier Led Zeppelin, if I had to describe them. Yeah, it sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin. I like them a lot. Okay. For me, I have been on a jazz kick that <laughs> I'm involuntarily <laughs> dragging just butt on. <laughs> Because she invited me to come out to Jazz Fest in her hometown. And it was a lovely affair. I'm going back every year. And I've just been all into jazz. And if you didn't know, there's a jazz playlist for every day of the week. So on Wednesday Jazz, there is this song, Claire de Lune by Kasimi Washington, 11-minute version. Um, it's the Claire de Lune classical song like from Oceans. It's really good, but it's all jazzy. It's wow. very orchestral. It's really good. To a you sample. fancy, huh? It's a journey. Check it out. Jess? Um, country song this week, It Ain't My Fault by the Brothers Osborne. Oh, I do like that one. Yeah, you did. Thank you, Selzy, for sponsoring today's show. With Selzy, email marketing is fast and easy. With just three steps you can do in 15 minutes, import contacts, create and send emails, and track the results in Selzy. Better yet, Selzy has a knowledge base with 150 plus tutorials and a blog with 100 plus how-tos, case studies, and inspiration pieces. They have everything you need to get the most out of your efforts from setting up a campaign to learning about general email marketing examples, case studies, and even strategies. And again, if you don't like reading, they have their amazing support that's available 24 seven. So you can get in touch with them via email, phone, or my favorite, the live chat to get the help you need. And this is one of these things, get on it now, get on early before prices go up. This is such a deal that is a lifetime. A lifetime. 
So take advantage of Celsi's unbeatable $49 lifetime membership offer. You'll get unlimited email sends up to 5,000 contacts. Visit celsi.marketingonclock.com to learn more or just click the link in our description if that's easier for you. That is S-E-L-Z-Y.marketingonclock.com or click the link in that description. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. We are bringing back everyone's favorite game, It's Guilty Pleasures. This is a really tough one for me because I always share my guilty pleasures unprompted. So I have to really like dig around, find some dark things. Soul search. Yeah. Mm. Tables, you're new here. Do you have any guilty pleasures to share? I do. Okay. So I take it I'm starting? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to kick it off with professional wrestling. Now, I grew up in the era of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock when I was a kid. I loved it. Give me a hell yeah. Can't relate. So you were there <laughs> when like, it was still the WWF. Now, now here's the that's, real question. That's what I used to love, yeah. yeah. Do you like like the backyard wrestling or is it only WWF? I mean, that's like a little too intense for me. Do you ever say like I like break both Yeah, I mean, when I was like in high school, I used to like be like, this is awesome. Uh, but I kind of grew out of that. <laughs> I get like antsy when yeah. I ask yet. No, you know I'm not, I'm not really into happen. that. I would say more like the produced WWF, WWE, I guess it's called now. Um, I don't know if this one's for you, Shep. But do you ever just like enjoy being sad? <laughs> like only when listening to Taylor Swift. Yeah, like it's just you cozy up and cry, and there's nothing actually wrong. Like no one wants to be sad because a relative is sick or anything like that. I don't mean it like that. But just like sometimes you just want to feel sad, and it feels good, and you just like maybe this is what actors do. You just put yourself in another place and just like yeah, get real bummed and it like feels good. For me, it's literally only when listening to Taylor Allison Swift. I call it a Taylor Swift depression. That's good. Yeah, it's very musical for me too, mm-hmm. for sure. Not so much heart, but just in general. So what are you listening to? Like chords? <laughs> <laughs> I have a mellow mix that I listen to. I just found this new playlist on Spotify, Sad Girl Starter Pack. I didn't make it. I it's good. Just really bums you out. Probably. Like Maisie Star. Yeah. Most of your music doesn't make me sad. It just frightens me. <laughs> this is the flip and side. And kind of makes me feel violated. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. I'll go next. You guys are going to have to stop me if I've talked about any of these on the show before. Um, my daughter has cradle cap, which a lot of people I think aren't familiar with. All my little siblings had it and I'm like quite a bit older than them. So I have memories of that too. But it's like... Only thing I compare it to is like having dried boogers on your forehead oh, or oh, not your forehead, your scalp. <laughs> and I just like to pick it off. Oh. No! See, get CPS uh, on the blower over here. No, I think she enjoys it's, it too. I like do it after her bath. I put a TV show on. You have like special shampoo from it and then I use a comb and it just comes out really easily. It's like a nice time gross. cuddling Like peeling together. sunburn. It's like that same yeah. vibe, I guess. I, I, It doesn't hurt her. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you. Okay, Greg, what is your guilty pleasure? All right, this happened to me once. So anytime I see it, I absolutely love it. And there's a big stretch by my house of blue color. If you've seen it before, when somebody has a truck, or for me, I was on a school bus, 
that was the paint bus at maintenance buildings and grounds where I was working over the summer when I was in college. When somebody drives a car and a thing of paint spills over <laughs> and they don't know and you see the paint trails go all <laughs> along the road. Mine was white paint and I painted in an entire road. And so like whenever I see it now, I get so it just brings me so much joy because you're like, that person spilled the paint all over their truck and then they painted the road <laughs> and it's still there and it's going to be here for like two years like mine was. And like, I know that feeling. So when I see paint on the road that spilled in a truck or in my case, a school bus, I, it brings me joy. So you're just finding joy in other people's mistakes. Well, I, it's just a funny thing too. You just look at it <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, I wonder when this is going to end, you know, because it's oh, fine. Like I, I spilled five gallon thing of fresh white paint in a school bus. How many Which, miles did that last? It was a while. It was I like have right never seen anything like this on the street. Oh, that's amazing. This happens all the time? It's a rarity. But like when you see okay. it, you're just like, oh, I know what that is. You've probably is it, seen it and never noticed because you don't have like a moment in your life when it happened like Greg did. But now we're all going to notice it. Is it one of those mistakes you only make once? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're always making sure that cap is on. And that everything's secure. I just, I relish the thought of like driving a bus school out. bus. It, it was, it was like, it was all these like old buses, buildings, grounds, <laughs> and it was all these old like rat school buses out there. And so then I had to like clean it out at the end. I'm like spraying it down, and it's making more mess. And I'm spraying. It was a whole thing, but like they didn't give me too much hack. So no, they gave you keys to a school bus. First mistake. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> Um, so ordering like trash food for you for delivery. I like don't, I can't get past the $30 delivery charge and the soggy fries yeah. by the time yeah, they I get to you. Want soggy food. I feel yeah. like it's more of like a winter guilty pleasure. Yeah. When you're like, oh, I got to throw my boots on and like, you know, sweep off the car or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had lazy days like that in the winter. I just can't get over it. There's also only two adults in my house. So we order the food and the delivery costs more than the food did. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> so I make somebody else go. Okay, Jess, what do you have for us? I have a summer guilty pleasure. I love the feeling, sorry to whose ever yard this is, but when the grass is totally burnt and dead and you walk through it, it makes like an Ooh. amazing sound and it feels really no, good on your feet. it hurts your feet. No, it's like scratchy. It's nice. <laughs> you are such a weird <laughs> But it makes a cool sound too. It's like, shh, 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 like you are a broom as you walk. I love it. Did you just roll around in it out there? <laughs> that shirt? Speaking of Jess's Don't poke shirt, holes in this. yeah. Speaking of Jess's <laughs> shirt, um, it inspired my next choice, which is when I make baked potatoes, I use a knife instead of a fork to put the holes in it, and I just love to get a really sharp, like little knife and just like really go crazy stabbing. <laughs> I do the same thing. Okay. Really? So you're like a psycho? Yeah. Okay. But it's only like 10 quick, like 10. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Only double digits. You got to make up when you're you're doing four, you have a fork, you're doing four holes at once. You got to make up for lost time, you know? Do you go fast or slow? I like feel like I'm going fast, but it's probably pretty slow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my guilty pleasure is every dog poops. Okay. (laughs) Right? But some dogs, when you look at them, they squat on their little tippy toes and they lean their whole body so far forward and it's the weirdest position that you've ever seen my dog poops normally just like leans back or did like lean back and poop there are some dogs that like lean so far forward it looks like they could just fall over if you blow on them 
And I love watching those little dogs on their tippy toes pooping. That is sick. Greg, Greg, we don't have time for this. It's so funny. We've got to call the CPS equivalent of dogs. Yeah. (laughs) My guilty pleasure is watching dogs poop. No, when I see a dog on its tippy toes pooping, it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. It's not fun for the poor Somebody dog. Somebody out there listening knows what I'm talking about. Voyeurism? Tippy toe dog Voyeurism. That's niche. I thought you were going to say neat. That's neat. Very <laughs> okay, niche. Tables, what's your last one for us? Okay, my last one. I, I don't think this is a guilty pleasure for everybody, but some of the circles I ran in and some of my friends definitely would give me grief for this. Shania Twain. Oh my God! Wow. She's not Whoa. a guilty pleasure. She's an she American treasure. Bangers. She's I, Canadian. I know. I oh, get sorry. It, but I, I am <laughs> friends with a lot of people who just aren't about it. I love I Shania. Don't really care. I saw her last tour twice. The one before the new album. I don't have time for the new album, but I love her. Yeah, she's not great. that much. I guess. <laughs> much respect. Yeah, that was that was big to admit that. Good job, tables. Thanks. Okay, Joe, what's your Joe? Just. <laughs> Taking on Sorry. a new persona. It's okay. Two nice ladies. Um, <laughs> thanks for thinking I'm nice. So everyone knows we've talked about like that tattoo feeling, right? Everyone knows I like that. Piercing feeling very much the same, like that moment when it comes through. It's like nice. But I forgot. I recently had to have my nose like sort of re-pierced. The main hole was still there, but the skin had to be re-pierced. I have two holes in my nose. Me too. Uh, I have four. <laughs> and um, so one of them, my earring fell out and I they were closed the day it fell out. So I had to wait till the next day to my nose ring, not earring. Anyway, I forgot about that like after throbbing feeling that maybe you complain about in the moment, but you miss it when it's gone. Like it's not even the piercing itself. It's just like a headache in a place that's not your head. And it's like such a cool experience. And then like you take an Advil and it goes away and you're like, why did I take that? Like you only get a couple days of that feeling and it guilty pleasure. Totally forgot what that was like. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. Feeling's gone. In normal people news, I really like playing with that glue that comes when you get like a credit card in the mail and it's stuck to like a piece of cardboard. Yeah. I love it. Pulling yes. it apart, I just keep it around. Okay, Greg, what do you have for us? All right, this is probably my grossest one. <clears throat> Hot summer day, the smell under your watch. <laughs> I don't wear a watch, so okay. explain. It's a little sweaty. That's why I shower with my watches and my, everything on. Clean them out. But the smell you get under your watch. Does it smell like rubber, like the watch? kind of smells like skin. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking? You know what He's I'm talking about. He's weirder than me. You know, I don't shop. think I do. The smell of skin. It's kind of like it's been it's like skin that hasn't seen the air, and then do you know what I'm talking about? Tables. Yeah, but I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of I, I dig it. I, th- this is a judgment-free zone, but we're judging. you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think I I I have issues with sweat, but that's not where it is. <laughs> No, it's like a, a unique smell that you only get on like your arm. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's. Yours is also like bigger and mine, I feel like, is a little more breathable. People know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, let yeah. us know if you know what he's talking about. Um, hopefully, you'll join us next week, even though we're all total freaks. 